0: Thanks for choosing a 3CR podcast. Throughout June 2022, we're running our annual Radiothon when we ask you, the listener, to make a donation so that we can continue to make great radio. Your donation will help keep us community-owned and community-controlled. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate, and with that done, please enjoy your podcast. Welcome to another edition of Alternative News brought to you by Romina Betsin from the Campaign for International Cooperation and Disarmament, produced at the community radio station 3CR. Good morning, listeners. Alternative News acknowledges the owners of the land, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We wish to pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and future. In today's program, we will hear Bevan Ramsden and Andrew Fullerton discussing the $250 billion of taxpayers' money being spent on defending against a false, invented military threat. Here is Bevan and Andrew. My name's
1: Andrew and I have with me Bevan Ramsden. We're from IPAN, the Independent and Peaceful Australia Network. In today's CICD Alternative News, we contrast the $250 billion of taxpayers' money slated to be spent on defending against an illusory invented military threat alongside the minuscule amount allocated for preparations to deal with the all-too-real threat of climate change and the disasters resulting from it which are now ravaging our communities with increasing frequency. Bevan, why is the government apparently so reluctant to take this threat seriously? How do you recall the
2: impact of recent climate change disasters? We are all familiar with the apocalyptic scenes from the 2019-2020 Black Summer fires. Walls of flame engulfing entire towns and the evacuation centres full of bushfire refugees who fled for their lives whilst their properties were burned and for many of their livelihoods destroyed. The climate change enemy struck again recently with huge downpours causing unprecedented flooding in Australia's eastern states. Again we gasped at the devastation. Homes flooded up to gutter level. Rescues from rooftops by helicopter Cars washed down the river and when the waters receded, the heartbreaking clean-up with houses covered in stinking mud and ruined possessions piled in the streets. In both cases, many people faced the heartbreaking battle to rebuild their lives with very little help from the government, which seems content to let exhausted volunteers shoulder most of the burden. It's not so much different from the impact of wars on civilians and indeed we should view these disasters in that light. Bevan,
1: just now you referred to climate change as the enemy and the aftermath of climate change disasters as resembling war zones. Can you
2: elaborate on these comments? When one looks at the results of these disasters and their effect on people, one sees a great similarity with the aftermath of war. In both cases, homes businesses and communities are destroyed and people forced to flee for their lives. Yet these so-called natural disasters are really not so natural at all, but are ever more obviously the results of human-induced climate change, resulting from the burning of fossil fuels over the past 300 years. Climate change has become an enemy just as dangerous as any hostile military force it is becoming ever more obvious that we need to end climate-damaging activities such as deforestation and the burning of fossil fuels and change over to renewable energy in order to limit the damage resulting from human-induced global warming. Yet the Morrison government, riddled as it is with climate denialists and heavily influenced by the fossil fuel lobby, has responded to this accelerating crisis in a way that can only be described as lethargic, dissolutionary and short-sighted.
1: It's very instructive to compare the government's response to the real and immediate climate change emergency with their obsession with an imaginary military threat, an obsession the ALP also shares any military threat we face is a direct result of successive Australian governments slavishly following US foreign policy and allowing our territory to be used as a forward base for the US military it is inevitable that this short-sighted policy will make us a target for the enemies of the US and ensure that its enemies automatically become ours. Projected spending on this imaginary threat is expected to exceed $250 billion in addition to the annual recurrent expenditure on the ADF. Let's look at some of the ways in which the Morrison government is squandering our hard-earned
2: taxpayers' dollars. Here are some of the major items. $1.1 billion for upgrading and extension of the RAAF Tyndall Base in the Northern Territory to take US nuclear-capable B-1 bombers. $1 billion to upgrade HMAS Stirling near Perth to accommodate US and UK warships which may carry nuclear weapons. $3.5 billion to purchase 135 US-made M1A2C Abram tanks. $9.3 billion to purchase high-speed long-range missile defence systems. $38 billion for an 80% increase in ADF personnel to 80,000 by 2040. What about the
1: proposed purchase of nuclear-powered submarines?
2: The Morrison government proposes to buy eight US-made nuclear-powered submarines at a cost of $70 billion. However, it has been estimated that this will blow out to $171 billion dollars. And Michael Shoebridge of the Australian Strategic Policy Institute says the total cost of these submarines will be more like $250 billion dollars, which is a quarter of a trillion dollars. It was recently announced that porting facilities for these submarines, costing $10 billion, will be built on the east coast of Australia. And Prime Minister Morrison has stated that these facilities will be available to the United States and United Kingdom nuclear-armed submarines as part of the AUKUS War Pact. There's also the 72
1: F-35 fighter-bombers costing $140 million each for a total cost of $10 billion plus. Another substantial amount is the $35 billion for nine frigates an amount which commentators say may blow out to $45 Bevan, what's the annual cost of having over 2,000 US Marines stationed in Darwin? This
2: figure is undisclosed, although undoubtedly large. IPAN has written to the Defence Minister asking about the cost to the Australian taxpayer of stationing the United States Marines there, and she replied that this could not be disclosed because it's supposedly a national security matter. What does all this add up to? It totals $168 billion, which, if the blowout on nuclear subs and frigates is correct, will end up at $287 billion. That's over a quarter of a trillion dollars. Do we know how much the government plans to spend on dealing with the climate change enemy and mitigating its impact on the Australian communities? The Royal Commission into
1: National Natural Disaster Arrangements was established on 20th of February 2020 in response to the unprecedented 2019-2020 Black Summer Fire Disaster which had such a massive impact on human life property, wildlife and the environment. One of Australia's longest serving fire chiefs, former Commissioner of Fire and Rescue New South Wales, Mr Greg Mullins, says it's clear the Morrison government has consistently failed to heed the advice of experts on climate change and the need for better preparation to respond to the growing threat of floods, droughts and bushfires. Time and again this government fails to listen to expert advice. There are 80 recommendations of the Royal Commission into national natural disaster arrangements gathering dust, Mr Mullins said.
2: A group of 37 former fire and emergency service chiefs performed the Emergency Leaders for Climate Action Collective and issued a statement saying that the Morrison government had been warned of the potential for major flooding events during 2022, but had failed to take any actions to prepare for this emergency. They said that if the federal government had acted on the findings of the Royal Commission into natural disaster arrangements, called in the wake of the 2019-20 bushfire season, the flooded communities would have been better prepared. These preparations would have entailed better preparation of first responders, reinforced critical infrastructure and stronger telecommunication networks, the former service chiefs said.
1: Former Chief of the Defence Forces, Admiral Chris Barry AC, has stated Quote, As ex-service members and experienced practitioners of national and international defence, we recognise that climate change is a fundamental threat to all Australians. The first duty of government must be the safety and security of its citizens. End quote. Instead, we find an Australian political leadership fixated on spending over one quarter of a trillion taxpayers' dollars on war preparations as part of the AUKUS Pact, while ignoring the very real and immediate climate change enemy ravaging our communities. It's obvious that AUKUS is, in reality, a war pact aimed at China. Much concern has been expressed about the impact of AUKUS on Australia's international reputation and the effect that it could have on the peace and stability in our region. There has been much concern at the secretive and undemocratic manner in which the pact was announced, without any public scrutiny or parliamentary debate. One has to ask whether there's any real threat which would justify this eye-watering spending splurge. Or, looking at these expenditure items in relation to the timing of their announcement, are they in fact aimed at setting up Australia as a southern war base for AUKUS and for US and UK military operations aimed at containing and confronting China behind a smokescreen of fevered national security rhetoric?
2: AUKUS will also mean that an enemy of the United States automatically becomes an enemy of Australia, thus making us less secure rather than more so. AUKUS locks us into US foreign policy and war preparations and is a massive betrayal and sellout of our national sovereignty. AUKUS will destabilize our region, promoting an arms race and military build up. That the decision to join AUKUS and order the submarines has been arrived at in secret and imposed on the Australian people with no public scrutiny or parliamentary debate, and with the pretext of national security being used to justify this thoroughly undemocratic and authoritarian process. That's all we have
1: time for today. However, there's much more that can be said on this topic and we'll be dealing with it in future programs. We welcome listeners' comments and suggestions These can be emailed to peacecentre at cicd.org.au That is peacecentre at cicd.org.au Good morning and thanks for listening.
0: That's all we have time for today. Tune in again next week for another edition of Alternative News, brought to you from 3CR Community Radio 855 on the AM dial, streaming live on 3cr.org.au or on 3CR Digital in Melbourne. I'm Romina Betsen from the Campaign for International Cooperation and Disarmament.